Welcome to the Career Day Podcast. I have uh, a couple today. What is your names? What uh, are your names? I'm Stacy. Stacy. Hi, I'm Robert. Nice to meet you guys. Wait, I know you. Um, so we work together. What do you guys currently do? Um, I currently teach 7th grade science, um, AP Biology, and Anatomy. And I teach 8th uh, grade Physical Science, which is a half year of Chemistry and a half year of Physics, and high school uh, Astronomy, Geology, Oceanography, Meteorology, and I also do a lot of work with uh, woodworking. Wow, that's a lot of things. Um, so <coughs> he, he, he did, yeah. yeah. So that's what you do now. We're at we're all at Tsinghua, and we're in China currently. Yes. yes. Um, but where, like, did you guys know you always wanted to be teachers? Like, where did this all start? Um, well, when I was little, like, my younger brothers and sisters, so probably when I was probably 10, 11 years old, I used to, we used to play school in the summer, and I was always a teacher, of course, because, you know, not only being the oldest, I was always the smartest, of course. Mm. Um, but then I went through high school and completely changed my mind. I was going to go science, went to college uh, to get a degree in biology. I was going to do lab stuff. And about a week before graduation, changed my mind and thought, no, you know what? Teaching, I think, is what I want to do. So, yeah. Then I took some time off, worked as a TA at a couple of schools, went back to graduate school, and became a teacher. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, I pretty much knew I wanted to be a teacher. I'm a, I'm a third generation teacher. Uh, both my both my mom and my dad were teachers, and my grandfather was also a professor. Um, and so I kind of had education on my mind. And um, frankly, my dad said, "There's no way you're going to be a teacher. Don't do it." Um, and so I I graduated from high school uh, on a Friday afternoon, and Monday morning I was headed to law school. Um, Pre-lawed, um, you know, trying to work my way through uh, you know, all these classes, getting ready to actually go to either UT or U of H law school and um, discovered I really didn't like it. The, the international politics, uh, the, the whole politics of, of law just wasn't doing it for me. I wanted to research and argue and, and write papers. That's what I was really good at. And so after dropping out of the law, pre-law program, I got to thinking about what could I do to um, um, continue arguing and writing and researching and, and thought, you know, oh, I'm pretty good at it. At writing, so I'll I'll join the English department, and so my actual first uh, bachelor's is in literature. Hmm. And while I was doing that, I also had a, a a lifelong interest in science. My dad was a science teacher, and we always went you know looking for rocks and fossils and you know, looking at stars and um, and so I kind of while I was working on my my degree. I was also just kind of for fun working with the geology department and, and playing in the sciences and ended up uh, actually teaching freshman geology my senior year, um, actually teaching undergrad geology and, and so I kind of ended up with enough hours to get a second minor in geology except they didn't do that sort of thing. So I actually have a degree in literature, a minor in history with another additional minor possibility in Sciences, and then when I uh, got my first job, my principal said, uh, "Which would you rather do?" And I've kind of gone back and forth between English and science now a couple of different times. And um, when we first got to China, when we first got here, my Maxine hired me to teach English, and then she said, "You know what? You're a much better science teacher." Hmm. So here we are. Yeah. So in Texas, so in Texas, you're from Texas, right? Yeah. So in Texas, you didn't need like a teaching degree. You could just come in with a. No, I, and actually, I, I, when I graduated, um, 
I actually had gone through the, the student teaching and actually got a, a degree in education. Okay. But not, I mean, it's it's you get that upon graduation. You know, that you take all the classes, student teaching. So I have a degree plus my teaching certification. I te- Texas certifies you based on exam. So you can take exam, you can take tests in all these different fields. Um, and so I ended up actually certified in English, reading, history, science, and industrial technology shop. Um, and so I can teach any of those lifetime, uh, I, the, the secondary lifetime certifications. Hmm. Uh, plus I'm also certified to be a principal. Oh, nice. Well, didn't you do that for a bit? I was an administrator for a while. Okay. Um, uh, it's not my... I enjoyed it, uh, but I, I really prefer what I'm doing now. Okay. So you, you graduate, you're going, you're in Texas. Yeah. How long did you teach in Texas? Well, I was in, I was in Texas teaching for, what year did we get married, 2015? 2005. 2005. <laughs> I, I knew there was a five in there somewhere. 2015's <laughs> so, when we moved to China. Okay, oh. okay yeah. So, so about, uh, about 11 years. Uh, so from, from 94 when I graduated from college until, well, the, the year after we got married, and then we moved to Minnesota. Mm. Um, and so, and then we moved back, so I guess it was, what, 11 years plus five or six more? Yeah. Yeah, you taught for a while, you went, we went, moved to Minnesota for a few years, you taught there, and then we moved back to moved Texas, back, but yeah. you didn't teach when we moved back to Texas. Yeah, That's when you did your <clears throat> administrator. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, so I'm trying to visualize this. So we have... You you in Texas? You teach in Texas? Yeah. Are you in Texas? Um, I came in '99. I moved to Texas. I was in graduate school in Chicago. Um, got really tired of being in graduate school. Like I was ready to just go. And in Texas, you didn't have to be certified to start teaching because mm-hmm. they were a teacher shortage. So I moved down there. Student teaching short of having a master's in education because I just was tired of being in graduate school and got certified and taught for nine years or so in Texas. And what did you teach? Uh, I taught between fifth and eighth grade math and science. So depending on what school I was in at different times. Yeah. And what was it like teaching in Texas at that point? All about the test. (laughs) Texas actually kind of invented and brought in the whole standardized testing thing. Mm. That, that actually goes back to, um, most of your listeners probably won't remember uh, Ross Perot, but Ross Perot was running for president, actually as an independent, and he was the chairman, CEO, and founder of Texas Instruments, a company that makes computers and calculators. My TI, whatever, 83, yeah. was yeah. that Texas? So he, uh, he was the leader of a whole bunch of business consortiums and uh, they got tired of uh, feeling like college uh, high school graduates weren't getting into the career field um, adequately uh, taught that, that, that there should be some um, some way of measuring you know the, the, the ability of teachers to teach how much they teach how much students learn how much they retain how much they gather from year to year so there should be some kind of standardized thing so and so the, you know, the CTBS and the Iowa test and other tests have been around for years, and so he really spearheaded, and then when he was running for president, he really spearheaded the idea of a nationwide national standardized test program. And so Texas spearheaded it, got into it, um, and then uh, Houston had a really 
impressive. It turns out that it wasn't totally true, but it had a really impressive growth rate in their, their testing program. And then when George Bush got the, the second one, uh, got elected president, he brought Houston's superintendent in as the uh, secretary of education. And that's where No Child Left Behind, all the standardized testing, all of that was really born out of Texas's intent to make sure that high school graduates were adequate. Another reason people don't like Texas. Mm. <laughs> and so really, the, all, all the No Child Left Behind in all of the state testing and everything, and eventually getting into the national tests um, uh, and all the national standards uh, was really based on Houston's fudging of their records, just almost flagrant, uh, uh, I don't know how you phrase it, but just, just lying on the test, you know, the, the, the test results. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's the history of standards. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, okay. and we, and I taught at a bunch of different schools in Houston. We taught both of us mainly at Title I schools. You know, yeah. the majority of the population was Hispanic. Um, great experiences at all the different schools. I mean, they were, you know, Fun times, great kids, lots of. What does Title One mean? Um, mostly like low income families. So the kids were on. It's like the whole free and reduced lunch. Yeah, the low right socioeconomic status. Uh, yeah. Uh, endemic uh, systemic poverty. Yeah. Uh, free and reduced lunch. Um, there's a lot of things that could qualify a student as being Title One, and then the majority Title One student became Title One school, but also received federal grant money. Yeah. So I feel like I spent most of my time there trying really hard to still make school fun for kids while sneaking in the stuff they needed to pass the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hard. Like, I would get worn out because just the, I would say, general apathy. Like, they, they, a lot of the kids were like, hey, 75, yay, good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they, they didn't have that. They weren't as excited about their learning as I was excited about having them learn. Mm. So it just wore on us. Yeah. So you then moved to Minnesota. Yeah. Which is where you're from? Yes. Okay. And what? And you taught there? He yeah. taught there. You I taught there. Okay. Certification was harder to get there. I see. Yeah. So like, we would have had to take extra classes and tests, and we figured one teaching job was probably safer than trying to find two in because it's small rural communities so the chances of us being able to teach anywhere together were almost impossible okay so i ended up um, uh, the, the, the upshot of the story is that i found myself teaching in a k-12 building i mean it was, it was a one building school district where the superintendent and the principal were in the same office and you know that, that it was a small small campus uh, great experience fantastic kids i'm friends on facebook and most of them still to this day um, but they also didn't pay a whole lot. Minnesota yeah. was a, 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 um, uh, a low-paying state. It, it, most of the, the, it was mostly a pink-collar job. You know, the women were teachers, while the men worked in either Mayo, you know, the Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. or worked in the farm. Were you, like, near Rochester? Yeah. Yeah, right outside of Rochester. Yeah, that's okay. where my family's from. I, see. I was where I was born. Huh. I was born in Rochester. Yay. At Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Well, I, the, That's where I got my braces. Oh, nice. Well, district was about 20 <laughs> minutes north uh, on, on the freeway of Pine Island. Okay. Pine Island, Minnesota. Um, and, but because they didn't pay as much, we had to have like, extra jobs. And so while we were in the process of uh, renovating a 120-year-old gingerbread-sided, beautiful farmhouse, um, 
she was running a bookstore and I That's was where that comes in. She was running a bookstore and I was teaching high school English in the daytime and at night I sold firearms. All right. <laughs> All right, hold on. We need to we need to we need to pause here for a second. So you're teaching during the day. Yeah. You're running a bookstore. Yeah, I was an assistant manager at Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Okay. Yeah. But right. talk about the store. Well, yeah, this the <clears throat> For Rochester, Minnesota, you know, a town of a little over 100,000 people, not huge. They had two Barnes & Nobles, which was big, you know. Apparently people are literate there in southeastern Minnesota. Um, one at the, a big one at the mall, and then there was a small one that I worked at downtown, so connected from, with all the, like, walkways and stuff to Mayo Clinic and where all the other hospitals were, that was in an old movie theater. That's cool. Um, yeah, and it was, the movie theater um, was built to look like you were in, like, a little village in France. So there were buildings up the side and the ceiling was all like stars. So that was really a fun place to work. You know, it was great. It was multiple floors would open so you could look down on the floor below you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course now it closed because they anymore. can't, well, yeah, because <laughs> I left, they, the store closed. No, yeah. keeping two stores, like the store we were at downtown was never making money. Yeah. You know, so. But you also have like yeah. interesting stories of like you got first editions of things, right? Was oh, that yeah. there? Well, I worked, when I was in graduate school in Chicago, I worked at Borders. Oh, okay. Um, and then when Where, I worked... What Borders? Do you remember? Uh, the one at the corner of Clark and Division. Okay. It's the one where the street makes a little triangle yeah. in the corner. Book is right there in the corner. Um, yeah, so I do I have an advanced reader copy of the um, second Harry Potter book because it wasn't a hit yet, and so those came out. But the... Um, we just would bring in authors. Like... Douglas Adams came into the one in Chicago and taught Fish, did a signing, which I don't know why they did a signing in a bookstore, because I don't think any of them can read, but yeah, yeah. Um, the store downtown, we didn't get quite as many authors there, because it was a smaller store, but we would get people in from the Mayo Clinic. Like, there were multiple kinds, Secret Service would come in and be like, okay, I need you to tell me where all the exits are in the store, because... The Prince of Jordan is at the Mayo Clinic, yeah. and he would like some books. And so, like, they would bring people in, and so, That's yeah. cool. I mean, the security or, was a little tighter. Yeah, like Mondale would come through. Mon yeah, Governor, well, Governor. He was Governor at one point. Yeah, Mondale would come in all the time. He never brought Secret Service with him, though. Like, Reagan he just... Reagan didn't he? No, Re Reagan? was there. Reagan was at the Mayo Clinic. Oh. I don't know if he ever came to the bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, one of my friends from high school was working at the hospital in, in the kitchen, and he was making Reagan's food for him when he was, after he got shot. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. One of the times or something. Not when he was, yeah. Not when he was shot as president. This was something later, because why would they bring him from <clears throat> D.C. to Rochester yeah. because of that? But, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. I know at one point he had, like, plague or something he had the plague he had no, the plague did yeah, the rats come in <laughs> no because he had that beautiful ranch and, and no he, there was a plague outbreak I thought he had a it was, was something, something What it was not when he was president because yeah. it would have been working in high school when we were juniors and seniors so hmm. it was after he was president but yeah okay so then you were a daytime teacher and a nighttime far, iron, arms dealer is that what I'm getting <laughs> Yeah, just out of the back of my car. <laughs> no, just actually, I was, a, I was a customer service manager at Gander Mountain. Okay. Uh, which is a, at the time, it, it's been, it closed and then came back and reopened, but mm -hmm. it was a, um, an outdoor outfitter. Yeah, REI. Hiking, REI. REI. Yeah, 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 a little yeah. more rednecky than REI, yeah. but yeah. And uh, so I, and I worked in the gun department okay. uh, for 
off and on in other parts of the store, but it's just fun to say I sold firearms. Yeah. Uh, sold ATVs and, you know, camping equipment, boats, stuff like that. Nice. Um, it was it was a nice second job. Um, it was um, very low stress. Uh, most of the people that came in knew exactly what they were looking for. Um, it wasn't your usual negative retail experience. Yeah. Okay, so how long are you in Minnesota? Three years. Yeah. So after three years, why go back to Texas? Well, okay. So this is where the story takes a dark turn. Uh-oh. Because um, we were teaching, uh, and, and, and this is kind of where I monopolize the story here, because this, one, this one's all on me. She was very positive and very helpful, um, but all of this was on me. Um, so we were teaching and doing all the things that we were doing, and one afternoon in March, I got a text message from my mom that my dad had gotten diagnosed with, with advanced esophageal cancer, um, which tragic and awful in itself, but also mom had um, a neuromuscular disease that had basically left her housebound. Not bedridden or anything, but she just really, getting around, uh, you know, movement was hard, so she pretty much just stayed at home. And dad was taking care of her. And you're an only child. And I'm an only child. Mm. Um, Stacy's parents, fortunately, are, are to this day fairly healthy, and she's got lots of relatives, and most of whom are nurses and things like that. So her, so, so, you know, her family's pretty solid, but, but I was pretty much left to deal with mine. Um, so we, between March and August, packed up everything, sold everything, um, took care of our jobs, and, um, and moved back. I did kind of a crash, crash move back. Um, she found a job teaching, and um, I had put in um, two applications. One was for a uh, uh, a teaching position, just actually the same building where I'd been teaching before, just moved right back into it. And another one was for a, a grant-based little silly administrative job um, that had a that really nobody ever heard of before. It kind of a curriculum coordinator, curriculum coach type kind of thing for the school district, and. Um, uh, so I put in those two applications, and the district ad, the admin job called first. Um, so I went to work for Cypress Fairbanks Independent School District as a uh, science coach specialist type thing that would travel from building to building to building. Um, now this was about 90 minutes away from where mom and dad were. And so every weekend I would drive back and forth, take care of dad, get him to his appointments, and then eventually he passed. And taking care of mom then passed to me. And so every weekend I would drive back and forth, 90 minutes each way, taking care of her, her house, groceries, taking care of the dogs, getting them to the vet, taking, you know, getting her to her hair appointment so she could, you know, because she really couldn't, like, bathe. And so her hair appointment um, was how they, they kept her clean and stuff like that. And so it was a, a little bit more medically based stuff. And then during the week, I would, you know, a couple of times a month, I'd have to drive over and take her to the doctor and all of her appointments and, and everything. And so um, we did this for five years. Traveled nowhere. Yeah, did so nothing. So couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, our, our life was, evolved, was, was pretty much just totally involved with taking care of her. Yeah. And previously had, like, you said travel. Like, had you, we was would that do... a thing about, like, in life that you did? Not out of the U.S. we hadn't at that point. We okay. would do like, you know, weekend trips to New Orleans and yeah. let's go to Vegas and yeah. things like that. So yeah. we ended up going up to Minnesota for two weeks in the summer when, right. you know, see my family. Yeah. Yeah. But then so, that became not happening. Yeah. 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 So we, we liked to travel, but it just, for this period of time, it just didn't, it, it just couldn't happen. Right. Um, and like I said, Stacy was really very 
I mean, she was miserable, but she was supportive. Um, I could tell that she wasn't happy, but but we were doing our best that we could. And um, and then suddenly, um, mom developed um, sepsis and septicemia from an infection that nobody knew she had. And um, her blood pressure cratered, and within hours, uh, and I was I was there actually, I was there for this. Um, and her blood pressure cratered, and her organs began to shut down. And by the time that uh, the doctors figured out what was going on, there really wasn't a whole lot they could do for her. Um, and it turns out that she had this infection that nobody knew that she had. And then two days later, got a phone call from her doctor that said, you know, hey, we just ran your blood results and. Looks like you may be developing a little bit of an infection. Maybe you know, maybe we'll start getting that looked at. A little too a little, little too late. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And that so, was at Thanksgiving yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and actually, she died December third, and so it was over the Thanksgiving holiday, and then shortly thereafter. Mm. And anyway, so we dealt with all that, took care of the house, got all that sold, and everything over time. And uh, but along the way, we had this sudden amount of freedom that we weren't expecting. We didn't know that we had been Houston bound for five years. Right. And I hated my job. No, you were having a miserable <laughs> She was having a miserable year and um and I I had gotten to a point where I wasn't going you know, that the, 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 the job that I was doing actually this is kind of a sidebar coming back around to the original story, but I had, had I did this grant-based administrative job that was it had a time limit that I figured I would just go back to teaching after that. Yeah. And then uh, one of the principals uh, that I was working with uh, wanted me to come work on his campus, and, and, and but I had these other responsibilities I really couldn't do it. And so I said, just at the end of the year, if you still want me to come work for you, interview me like you would anybody else. If you think I'm still the best candidate, you know, I'll, I'll that's fine. You know, I'll take the job. So the end of the year came, and I totally forgot about this conversation. You know, so I'm just walking through the buildings, like, you know, hey, how you doing? Doing good. Um, you like the weather we're having? Sure. It's great. It's nice and warm. It's wonderful. Okay, you have an interview. Do you want the job or not? <laughs> there were other words in there. It was an old, old, old redneck principle. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, so I cleaned it up for your audience. But, mm. So I took the job. <laughs> And uh, so I took the job. I was doing that, and it was fine. Uh, it, I was very good at it, and enjoyed what I was doing. In order well, to keep what was it, it now? Uh, my job title was academic achievement specialist. I was pretty much in charge of the testing program, data, and data, data. numbers, crunching numbers, uh, tutorials. Um, you know all the the, the the you know test preparation and and you know, remediation and um, it wasn't a fun job, but I was good at it. Yeah, I actually was actually really good at it. Um, and then he retired, and the principal that came in, um, I didn't like working for her as much. She was really much more um, of a career climber. That she, yeah, you know, that every job that she was there for about ten minutes after, you know, the ten minutes longer than she needed to be before she moved to the next level. Um, and a very, you know, it just wasn't a, a fun job anymore. Yeah. So I, I started looking around. And is this all within the five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and and but as part of all that, I got my administration. I got my principal certification. Got all that other stuff. So anyway, so now she hates her job. Mm. I've gotten as high as I can go. So hates my job is is there were wonderful teachers there. Most of the kids were wonderful. It was a situation. I I, I felt like I wasn't getting the support with a particular class that I needed. Mm. And so I was ready. Yeah, I was ready at Christmas to quit. Mm. I almost walked away. I'm like, we can do one job for a while. You you can have a job. I'll sit at home and do something. But 
I almost quit. So she was miserable, and and again, it wasn't the job. It was it was that there were it was yeah. the stuff outside the door that was the problem, right. not inside her door yeah. that was the yeah. problem. Um, and I I was as high as I was going to go um, without actually moving into the principal's chair, which I didn't really necessarily want. You know, I did I, I, I was doing a favor for a guy, and and then it just it just got away from us. Yeah. And then suddenly, responsibilities are gone. We have freedom. I started looking at moving back to like Chicago. Mm. Chicago would be cool. Let's move to Chicago. So I started looking at Smithsonian. Mm. Smithsonian's looking good. So, hey, they've got a job opening at their Tropical Research Center in Panama. That'd be fun. Except it was a concierge at their mm. hotel. Yeah, so but still, they got us thinking. And I applied. And okay. I mean, I, there, there was no way I was going to get this job. But, yeah. uh, but, but So I applied anyway. But then we got to thinking, okay, so if we're going to think about Panama, where else could we look? Mm-hmm. And so then we started doing like Department of Defense. Schools. Yeah, you looked at military schools first. And then both of us almost simultaneously remembered that we both had friends that had taught overseas. Mm. She had a friend that had been in China and then was in Qatar, and I had a friend in India. It's like, let's talk to them, see what they did. Yeah. And so we both talked to our friends, and they turns out they used the same company. And then we signed up for it and uh, put out some feelers, did some interviews. One interview was with um, Abu Dhabi, uh, which they offered us a quarter million dollars a year, <laughs> but for for a job that just would not have been, it wouldn't been. It was in their it, public schools, and that's that. yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, yeah. and it was be a cash cow. Yeah, it, it, and and really the biggest problem for me was um, they had like one principal for every seven buildings. Yeah, and wow. I would have worked, she wouldn't have worked, and they would have provided a a driver one day a week to take my wife shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and just, it didn't I mean, sound the, fun to me. It, it yeah. just, none of it just sounded fun. And so we just... Different we, culture shock. For yeah, sure. different, definitely yeah. different yeah. culture shock. So we declined that one. And the next uh, came Quito, uh, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And um, liked the interview. It felt really good about it. But it wasn't a type of school that we were used to working in. It was an art school. And so they would have taught science through music, science through art, science through other things, which sounds cool, Yeah. but it, not on our first trip out. Right. Uh, we you know, kind of wanted to teach something that we knew how to teach while we were trying to figure out how to live. Right, right. Um, turns out that the school we were interviewing in um, had an earthquake a couple of months later. And, <laughs> so and the school... luckily we didn't go to Quito. <laughs> okay, yeah. When yeah. was this? What year? Well, there was more like, we interviewed in 2015. Yeah. The earthquake was later. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just a couple, it was a couple of years. Because when I was in Quito... Two years ago, they were they're still like, yeah. They still talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big yeah. one. Yeah. The school it, it didn't happen on the school day. There was nobody there, but the school was heavily damaged. Yeah. So we're glad we didn't take that job. Um, and then the next one that came along was Maxine at THIS, and the first interview. Um, now, okay, pausing that story for a moment. We, the the people that had told us that they were going overseas, that our our, our friends who had been teaching overseas. Uh, Hooked us up with um, was it Search Associates, mm-hmm. and part of the part of that you know, they help you develop your, your your resume. They help you with all of this. They're they it's a very supportive team that, that you when you pay you you get a team. Yeah, and you get a, you get to go to a job fair. You get to go to a job fair, mm. and so we had already paid for the job fair and everything. Valentine's Day in San Francisco was the job. See, fair. I missed that. <laughs> Mine was all online. So yeah. yeah, so we decided to do that, but we. Interviewed with Maxine on a Saturday night. Talked to her for about two hours. And she said, 
I'm going to check to see if the actual, like, Chinese principal is available tomorrow. Talk to these other teachers tonight. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we talked to them. We talked to the next guy. So this was end of December? Beginning of January? Beginning yeah. of January. Beginning, beginning of January, January probably. But Remember, Mom had died in December 3rd. Yeah, yeah. So, so this so was, like, like months was, later. Yeah, pretty quick. Um, and we had the job offers from Maxine by the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so fast. So uh, uh, Maxine, obviously, the way that she talked about the school, that she talked about the kids, and the way that she talked about the programs and everything... Her excitement got us excited, yeah. and so we were very happy to do this. We knew that we'd made the right choice, but then we still had paid for this job fit. <laughs> mm. And we'd already made flights and hotel arrangements, right. so we decided to go spend Valentine's Day in San Francisco. While we were there, we went ahead and just went to the job fair just for one afternoon, went to some sessions to learn about like life overseas, and, and met with her afterwards. After it was over, we sat down with uh, her and, and Wendell from the other campus, and, uh, and over couple of hours. couple of hours. <laughs> we just talked. Yeah. And it was like we'd known each other forever. Um, and we started planning what the school was going to be. Wendell lived on the same street I lived on in Chicago. Really? Like Lincoln Park West. It's only about four mm-hmm. blocks long. Mm-hmm. We both lived on that street. That's yeah, awesome. It's very same weird. time. Yeah. Same time. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but we, 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 we really felt like we made the right decision when we accepted the job and this just locked it in. Just, yeah. just this this yeah. conversation made it feel like the, it was absolutely the right. And then we had planned then to do two years in Asia, two years in Africa, two years in Central America, two years in South America, two years in, in you know Western Europe. Yeah. And eventually it was going to teach around the world. And we walked into THIS and... Six years later. We're still here. <laughs> Six years later. It is interesting, the Maxine story has literally been in every podcast I've done. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, then I talked to Maxine. Right? Yeah. yeah. She Which I did, too. Yeah. so excited. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's gone now, but... Yeah. No, I'm still alive. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's gone. She, she's not a THS anymore. But she's even, still in Beijing. even, like, when she talked to me, I yeah. mean, that was why I took this job, too. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. don't feel like, you know, like, you always worry that if it principal when they're interview is too excited about everything, that mm-hmm. they're just blowing smoke up your ass. Right. Maxine was not like the the kids in the school have lived up to everything that yeah. she and, made us think. And, yeah, and she didn't. It wasn't all just positive. She said we have some problems. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and she said we think teachers like you two can help us overcome them. And, right. and she was very straightforward and very um, very real. Yeah, you know, and that's that's not always what you find. Is that, that, that and she made it real, and we got here, and it was it was what she promised. Yeah, and we were I'm. <laughs> like six years, same apartment, same classrooms. Well, I moved down the hallway to teach science, but other than that, same classroom, well, same apartment. And it's been hard because every time we get itchy, and well, there's so many other places to see, but the job and the kids are so good, yeah. I don't want to have to risk leaving that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like so. If we left to go anywhere, it would be different. Yeah. I I don't think I could. You take say the that. art school and in keto or something. <laughs> right. And, and but I mean, but it wouldn't. But it wouldn't be. Better, you know that I that, no, I, that yeah. I think as far as like a best school or you know the, with the best kids or whatever, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in a lot of other schools, but right. but I kind of feel like this is kind of as good as as you could ever find. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, I was talking to people last night who work at other schools in Beijing, yeah. Yeah. and they're like, 
what's your, how's your, you know, thing, your experience this yeah. year going? And I was like, I mean, it's great, real. I yeah. mean, it's, it is great. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's different than what I'm experiencing. Right. I was like, oh, okay. So it's, this is actually a, yeah. a Qinghua thing, yeah. not a yeah. Beijing thing. No, I would definitely think, because it's weird, and this is going to sound very trite, um, principals love to talk about family. Mm. And I used to think that THIS was a family. And honestly, I don't kind of feel that way. And here's why. With a family, you're sort of locked in by obligation, mm. tradition, familial history, blood. Um, so family kind of implies an obligation. We hang out together. Mm-hmm. We, we, our kids, you know, THIS, I mean, we don't have kids, but the, the teachers at THIS, their kids play together. We eat together. You guys, we, we all go out together. Yeah. That, you, know, we're, you guys ate we're an not, entire lamb last night. We ate an entire lamb last night. <laughs> we're not, we're not, <laughs> not by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, by, people. with people. people. Right. It, it works with the story. Right. right. Yeah. But in, in, in my opinion, it's not family. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Yeah. And I think that's actually harder to find. I think, I think it's, more, it's actually more of a... Of a, of a I don't want to say family or friends are more important than family, but you know, family. But often, yeah, but often, <laughs> you, you get to choose your friends. Yeah, you you choose your friends, exactly. right? Yeah, you choose your friends. You yeah. don't choose your family, right. and we, there's no obligation. You hang out because you genuinely want to be with them. Yeah, and I feel like this is a is a is a is a friend, not a family. No, thanks for that. Yeah. No. I mean, think about like the second floor. You know, that that we in between periods. We don't hang out outside because we're supposed to be there to make sure the kids get to class. They get to class without us. Right. We're hanging out there because we're we're just chatting and talking right. and just yeah. having a good time and being and, and enjoying being with and each other. And you don't have to worry about a kid kids in the classroom by themselves because they're they're not going to do anything. Right. <laughs> no one's making out behind the corner, going to yeah. stab each other. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to make sure they get to class or else they'll fight or they'll, right. they'll, they'll, there's no. It's a very. Different from where I came from. Yes, me too. Yeah, me, and me three. Yeah. It's almost like they would learn without us. Yeah. We're just there to make it easier on them. Well, we've joked repeatedly that moving here, we had to learn to teach again. Yeah. Because, I feel like I've become a better teacher here. Right. There's like no, I got really there's no good testing at, here. Right. It's you have to be able, and the kids want to learn, yeah. and they will. They get. They also get annoyed if you're not fully prepared for yeah. them. Like giving them too much work time, they're like, no, teach us something new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got really good. I'm a really good classroom management person because that was what I had yeah. at home. Yeah, right. And now I'm learning how to be a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. Who was it that challenged you? Was like, you know, who are you, are you qualified? Oh to no, teach that me? was that was at one of my schools in Houston. Oh, okay. That wasn't here. Yeah, it was pretty funny because like they had had a really bad teacher before I got there, and this was a school. I was the only science teacher, six, seven, eight. So I looped with the kids. And one of the eighth graders, the, one of the first days, she just, you know, raised her hand. She's like, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because I want to make sure I'm going to learn something this year. <laughs> and so I instantly thought, yeah, you're giving me my favorite kid. I can tell already. Yeah. But yeah. But that's actually. Kids would do that here. Yeah. I was like, even yeah. though that wasn't here, that's exactly the same attitude the kids yeah. here have. The kids, the kids here would never say that. They would never say they that. They would think that, but right. they would never say that. They would never raise their hand and call you out on that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's our story. I mean, it's not it's not an exciting one. It, it's just you know that we have been teaching for you know this is year twenty six for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Only like nineteen for me. He's a lot. Yeah, I'm a lot older. Is that true? Well, he's not lots older than me. But he is older <laughs> than me. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, so to to counter your statement of you don't have an interesting story, I just think it's so from being from America and like teaching for a long time because a lot of the people that I've interviewed, it's like. I was in college, and then I was like, I'm going to go yeah. do something in the world. And yep. it's like, your story, my story. It's like, no, 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 we, we like taught, had a life in America, right. experienced that, did that, yep. and then still had the kind of guts to say, okay, I'm going to, this is comfortable, yeah. I know this, yeah. and now I'm going to go abroad. And that's yep. a different, not that the other one's not good, but that it's just a different yeah. way of, of living life. And I think that is interesting because... I think a lot of people get to a point like I'm talk I'm trying to get some teachers from Chicago to mm-hmm. like come abroad like yeah, this yeah, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And they're like but it, my life is here and I this is all I, this is I know and they they like get to a point where yeah. they're like I can't do that cuz I'm too old which they're not. But I think that's that's a a good part of the story because I, it yeah, shows totally that agree. anything is really possible. Yeah. Especially after mm-hmm having to crash move back to Texas, we didn't really accumulate that much. I mean, we, yes, our household looked like, you know, book, we had bookshelves everywhere. <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't have property. We didn't, you know, we, so moving overseas, we didn't have to worry about property or vehicles. Or right. We have almost no debt. Um, and so it, it was very easy for us. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, my family's now all gone and her family's taking care of each other. And Mine, mine whine all the time that we're too far away, hmm. but... They, they know we're never going to come back and teach in the U.S. again. Right. The, yeah. yeah. And it was funny, and this was kind of off topic, but I, being from Texas, had always thought Texas was awesome. Yeah. You know, the te- Texas is, is no place like Texas. Right. You know, the, the Texas is the best place on earth. And then I traveled the rest of America. And I realized that there's some pretty cool places around America that aren't in Texas. You mm-hmm. know, te- you know the, Texas doesn't have the highest mountains or the cleanest beaches or the best Mexican food, yes. Mm. <laughs> best barbecue, probably. Mm. Except for some little hole-in-the-wall places I know. But, um, I mean, I've had Texas barbecue. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Kansas City is pretty good. Rochester had a couple of good places. Rochester. It did. Where? I worked there. Yeah. It's not there anymore. You worked at a barbecue joint? I did. You've done so many things. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's because I'm old. <laughs> um, College summers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we, um, you know, so we traveled around America, and suddenly Texas wasn't, the, and now that we've traveled outside of America, mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, East Africa, all over Southeast Asia, you know, Paris, mm-hmm. um, Iceland. You know, just traveling the rest of the world, um, there's too much to see. Yeah. Well, you and, can't stay in one country forever. Yeah. yeah. And and to, to your point then, too, you, you realize Texas isn't the, like, you know, end-all, be-all. Right. And then you go to the world and you realize America's not the right. end-all, right. be-all. Yeah. So. There's lots of great things there, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's one little... There's lots of great things in all everywhere. parts of the earth. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you're from there, you think it's better. Yeah. But now that, I, you know, I, I think of myself more as a global citizen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and which actually has raised my awareness of global things way more yeah. than living in the U.S. I'm way more concerned with, you know, not just American politics but global politics, global biodiversity, global economy, way more than I ever would have been. Right. Because um, now I'm thinking about some of the people that I work with that are from, you know, there was a time THIS has because of Chinese regulations only been able to hire people from certain countries. But there was a time when we had people from, you know, Czechoslovakia. You know, Laz is from Greece. You know, that they're uh, Poland. Um, 
And we had an art teacher from Poland who was crazy. He was an awesome guy. <laughs> um, and it just and it just we, the, a lot of our staff was from a much broader range of countries. And so I became very concerned with you know what was happening in their countries. And you know you know if there's an earthquake in the Philippines, oh my God, I've got seven friends who are from the Philippines. Are they okay? You know, and and just sort of this more more awareness than I ever would have had just just living in the U.S. Yeah. So this has been a great experience for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to travel again. Yes, yeah. We need COVID to chill out. Yes. So we can well, go travel. I mean, luckily it is here. That's true. I am going to Shanghai next I next know. weekend. Yeah. So. I think we're looking at a trip to where the wall meets the ocean oh, that's in fun. April. Where is yeah. that at? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Some place east of here. Some place east of here. <laughs> east it's, and a little north. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually near. It's not. It's not too far from the North Korean border. Oh, okay. Um, it's a. Well, it's closer than the than here to the North Korean border. Yes, I don't. I don't yeah. know if that's the place that's really close. It's just. It's closer. Closer. Yeah, it's not on the border with Korea. Yeah, somewhere, it's somewhere right, over yeah. there. I've seen the picture. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. That's yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And you know, we. we Living, especially with, with THIS's calendar, we would get, of course, summers off. Christmas, it was an October, October holiday. Yeah, October holiday. Christmas, February holiday. A lot of years we would have like three week, I mean, have three day weekends in March and a five day weekend in April. So, you know, there, there were, you know, so we have actually managed to travel extensively. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that being coming to reality next again. Year. Yeah. Next year. Got some places we need to see. Yeah, you know, we we bought one of those scratch off maps of the world, and it's been the same for way too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last year, Christmas was our last new place. Mm-hmm. No, February. Oh, last new place. New place. You're right. I'm new sorry. Place. You're right. You're right. Right. Because uh, I was thinking Chiang Mai being a new place, but that yes. was a different. Same Tha- country. Thailand. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We went to a new place in an old country. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten to the point where how <laughs> many people can say that? Oh, yeah. We have a favorite hotel in Phuket we keep going back to, and because we keep going there, they give us free upgrades. Yeah. And we've been there often enough that we have a favorite now. Yeah. That's awesome. Three times. Three times. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So to end my podcast, I ask the same question. Okay. If you could do it all over again, would you do it exactly the same? Which I've had people say, that's not a fair question, which is okay. But however you want to answer that question, what do you think? I would say generally yes. There are probably small decisions I would have made, but I definitely would have gone to the same college. I would have done the biology degree, even though I didn't end up fully using the biology degree. I mean, I may have married differently. But <laughs> too bad Ouch. this. Too bad this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, no. They probably would have been up almost identical. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, all jokes aside, um, there are some girlfriends there in the middle that I probably would have liked to have not spent as much time with as I did um, but but I, I ended up where I wanted to be and smart Alec though she is I <laughs> who I wanted to be with so um, there, uh, the, 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 the trip may have gone a different route but it would have ended in the same place which is interesting because who thought China would be the, a place that you'd end up had to move to China to find educational freedom. Mm. That's that's a statement. Yeah, we <laughs> get that on a shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And that's I. It's really easy to forget you're in China. Yeah. 
It really is. I think is. being in Beijing is, yeah. is a lot like being in a big city anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and then you go, but then you go into a restaurant you can't order. So right. there is that, but yeah. Well, well, now when we first got here, and of course, you think about people that have been here. You know, Carolyn and Deborah's people have been here for years. Yeah. Uh, longer than we have. We were here before WeChat. Yeah. Oh wow. And so you know, there was no like online trans. You know, you. you I remember there was when, WeChat, but there wasn't a translate. There's no, but yeah, it was a small text thing. But uh, Google had just gotten banned, and mm. but yeah, there was no online translators. You couldn't take a picture of the menu and have there it tell no you. There was no DD. There was no DD. No DD. Yeah, so you had to talk to taxi drivers. Tell drivers. a taxi driver where we wanted to go. Yeah. 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 Nice. And I still know like twelve words. Mm. That's the thing is that we were learning, and then the technology made it where we didn't have to anymore. Yeah. And I, and and you guys are doing it more just almost because you really want to go. Native, you want to, you know. Yeah. I actually haven't used the Google Translator yet. Yeah. Um, I just fumble my way through it and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Which I think it helps. It's, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've kind of gotten to the point where the sign curve is going back down now. We don't have to know as many words because DD just, we tell it we're, uh, in an English map, you know, take us from here to here. Yeah. And yeah. Some guy picks us up and then a few minutes later it drops us off and it's paid automatically. Yeah, DD, DD, I. I use that all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. That has been very helpful. <laughs> it has been. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm very happy with China. I'm very happy with, with, with where we are. Very, um, I don't really even know what would be next. No. Very cool. My next requirements is someplace with more reliable internet. Mm, yeah. I'm sure this is going to take you like four days to upload. No, it'll be up today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I'm sorry we waited so long. Yeah, no, I mean, it took, it took one of our students wanting to know right? about you guys. We've so. been planning this is, since November. It yeah. is exactly 11 o'clock. We, it, this, this was exactly a one-hour interview. Yeah. There you go. Yay. Yeah.